Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Christian Prior Podcast with your host Keith Stevenson. No, it's not Keith, it's just me, Christian Pryor. I called the podcast after my own name because it's mine, my precious podcast. Anyway, this week's guest is the very talented filmmaker Nick Gavin. Oh, there's a... Police are coming to get me for all the crimes, all the bodies. Um, This week's podcast is (laughs) with the very talented filmmaker Nick Gavin. He specializes in making music videos, and he's made uh, the first two music videos of mine, actually, which were incredible for the song Why Should I Care and the song Give Me Strength. You can see links to those videos along with his whole catalog on his YouTube channel, which I'll put a link to in the description, as well as individual links to the songs of mine. And you can also check him out on Instagram, at Nick Gavin Films Things. That's the best place to get in touch with him if you listen to this podcast and watch some of his work and decide that you'd like to work with him, which I recommend that you do because he's incredibly talented and just a pleasure to work with. He's really great. It's worth checking out some of his work anyway, either before, during or after this podcast, because we do talk about some of the videos of his, um, some of the effects that he specializes in, which are really cool. There's some interesting things in his work that I haven't seen elsewhere, so it's worth seeing what we're talking about. This podcast has lots of valuable insights in there for aspiring filmmakers. If you want to get into filmmaking or you want to get into music videos, there's going to be a lot of stuff for you to learn here. But it's also useful for us musicians to hear from somebody who makes music videos for musicians. There's a few things that we can learn, you know, about how to interact with filmmakers what kind of direction is useful what isn't useful so there's lots of good stuff in here for everyone i really hope you enjoy here it is hello nick gavin thank you very much for hello coming on to the podcast this is my first podcast remotely recorded but wow i mean i've spent the last two years doing almost everything on zoom so yeah it shouldn't feel too far from home yeah i've not um i've not recorded one over a over a zoom chat before which is quite good fun yeah have you done a podcast before no not at all no oh, okay no. cool so this i was is just like i was just opening one. it up to the <laughs> to that sort of suggestion but since you're going to call me out on it no <laughs> well this is your this is your your debut my debut on a podcast. I listen to yeah. loads of podcasts, which is okay. Good, which is good. Yes, yeah, so do I. That's why so I, I know how to talk. You know how to talk. Yeah, yeah. Talk. So do I. I've been figuring it out over the last few weeks that I've been recording these, and I think I'm doing mm. quite well. I've, you know, as you can hear, I'm stringing sentences together, and yeah, you've got you know, a, a lovely sultry voice as well. So, Ooh, thank you. Um, the closer you get into the mic, the nicer for the listeners. Hello. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what are you drinking there? Got a lovely uh, Mythos. Um, is that a Greek just beverage? Just because it's sunny. It is a Greek beverage. Is it? And it is made to be drunk when it is sunny. And it is that. So nice. I'd sort of be do- doing it a disservice if I wasn't sipping a Mythos. I'm drinking coffee, which is made to be drunk at all times. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Nick, you are a filmmaker, um, a director, cinematographer, 
is that how you would describe yourself what would you what, which terms would you yeah use? i guess it, i guess it depends um it depends who i'm talking to and it, uh, and for what uh what genre we're discussing um but in my uh for to actually make a living i um i'm currently working as a shooting researcher for a, a bbc tv show um but oh, cool. also tr trying to pursue a um a sort of more artistic um medium as well by making music videos and often working with bands and musicians because that's where that's my other sort of passion in life is just music yeah. so i kind of get that side of things i think and as a musician myself i really enjoy um working with other musicians and cutting um cutting images to to their music yeah that's actually um, what i was going to ask you first because i was going to ask being like you know you obviously you are a musician as well you play bass drums yeah. and guitar as well right yeah master yeah. of none definitely um but uh i do just i like to dabble in them and um kind of started playing bass when i was was at 16 when i started yeah. Um, and then when I wasn't playing in a band, just thought I'd play the guitar for a bit. And throughout that, I've always sort of been tapping away at the drums, but not not necessarily committing to it. Um, so I'm kind of all right at all of them. I'm currently playing in a band singing um, or oh, shouting. Cool. Um, oh, yeah, so is, it, is it a shouty band? It's a bit shouty, a bit of singing yeah. as well. Nice. Um, but I've spent years trying to mess up my choir boy voice so that I could, uh, <laughs> so I could play in punk, punk and metal bands. And finally, I think I'm getting there. <laughs> I've messed right. it off enough. What's the name of your current um, band? Uh, we don't. We've the working name is Screaming Dolls, but we haven't. Oh, nice. We're, I like, we're that. I like a, that. Yeah, it's good, but we we haven't actually had a proper discussion. It was two guys um, before I joined who just started writing stuff over lockdown and. Yeah, that's what they were calling themselves. So that's what we are at the moment. We've had a few practices, but yeah, um, new that's job cool. working working in TV is very hectic. It's all um, I can it's kind of all consuming, so it's hard to find time for that. Yeah, it's a very demanding uh, world, isn't it? Yeah, and um, and I, and since getting this job, the um, I think in I think a combination of the pandemic sort of taking its toll and the the fact that i'm really busy so not talking to people about other options i think there's just not much music video stuff going on so yeah right. i haven't really been doing much of that um since we last worked mm. together um but I, I think my job's also quite time consuming at the moment so i'm gonna have to try and find that balance yeah well i'd like to come to your job a bit later if you'd be interested in talking to yeah me, yeah of talking course. about it but but yeah so i, I wanted to ask like how does a being a musician influence your music videos your choices like for i was watching um the video to the ugliest man in bristol earlier today oh yeah yeah i yeah, really yeah. really really like that. yeah it's that cool really isn't cool. it and you know and i've also noticed because you know you've um filmed two of the two of the music videos for my songs um mm. and i've just noticed that the 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 choices you make the edit the editorial choices as well are really like musical you know especially with mm. timing and stuff like that mm. you know it's actually something that you'd think would be obvious on in a music video to have like editing yeah. that is really in time with the music, but you don't necessarily always see it that much, you know. Like. No, and I think I I think initially um, 
I would fall into the trap of editing to the beat. Mm. And then um, one of my good friends, Marston, who also um, does a lot of music videos, he he sort of pointed out that actually missing that beat can actually work as well. And it sort of opened up a whole new world of how to edit things because you can, you not only have to kind of think about those moments where you do need to cut perfectly on time, but also what if you're sort of a few milliseconds off or if you're cutting sort of to an offbeat or something like that. And those ways, those methods really like shake up the flow of it rather than having this rhythmic sort of montage ticking along of images mm. by playing with that beat and um, trying to find those points in between. You can actually sort of mix it up and create quite a dynamic edit. Um, but I think in general, um, I think because I love music, I find like a good song, I think I find really visual anyway. So right. it's not necessarily, it would be lying to say it's like an instant. Some of them are, are that where you listen to a song or someone sends me a song and like to make something of it and you suddenly start getting like, I get a sort of color palette or um, just like a general feel or style that of imagery that would work with it. Um, why should I care was quite difficult. Actually, that took me quite a while to come up with something but eventually it was sort of that like the sort of ticking along um rhythmic rhythmic mechanical um feel that sort of drifted into a more ethereal thing yeah um, I mean, so yeah whereas, what should i care is is my most recent um song that i released and um which you guys can find if you click some links in the description but um mm-hmm. um yeah so 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 there's that that ticking like at the beginning i guess it's like yeah sort of, it's like an electronic uh percussion sound yeah is that, is that and for me about? yeah yeah that was it and i yeah. that immediately got me thinking of i think when jake found those images of the planes moving it was that like sort of whirring um rhythmic um movement that i wanted to get initially and then right. that sort of allows you to move on to um other styles um but yeah, often it'll it'll just be this instant like floaty. Uh, I think the with your first music video, immediately when I listened to that track, I was like, "Oh, this is like I got water or flowing and that like really yeah. smooth movement um, was what I sort of felt visually when I was when I was listening to it. So I think that sort of helps, and gen and also sort of studying. Um, genre and like thematic um imagery and how you can do those sorts of things i think that also ties in with it where you just generally like trying to build this feeling in a mood um and yeah i think as i said music is incredibly visual so if you have that yeah um if you have that connection to think about visuals then you're you'll immediately start coming up with yeah images that work that's cool. Why do you think that you found it difficult uh, with that song, Why Should I Care, compared to, say, other ones? Um, a few, I mean, like, personal reasons. It was just a oh, yeah. um, sort of flat time of... Yeah, it, it was, was a really rough time at the start of the year. And I wasn't feeling... Yeah. yeah, I just wasn't feeling particularly motivated or good in myself anyway. Right. And that was okay. quite scary to just be like, oh, no, I can't. 
yeah. I cannot think of any anything that would work with this. Or I like in there as well. Yeah, it's I mean the other thing, well. like doing doing these sort of um, these sort of low budget things as well. You've got to work within your means. So I think yeah. that was regardless of what I if I could come up with any sort of fantastical idea, but I also had to think about the practicality of it and yeah. filming it in a lockdown and without access to any like different spaces i think that was really limiting as well but mm. it as is the the classic artistic title like through hardship you kind of you can create something out of nothing yeah man. Um, i mean those limitations kind of, ended up being just yeah making something really unique you know something that's really incredible I'm, yeah I'm and really kind of tri triggered us watch it you know, yeah, it's, I, video. yeah, please do. Yeah, it's not it's yeah. not had as many views as the first one. I don't know no, why. I, I will um I will I'll be able to sort that out. <laughs> oh yeah, will you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, the, the the reason why the first one had more views is because I was running some Google Google ads. Oh yeah. Um, just like yeah, it's mad the reach you know. that that gets. So I haven't done that yet for this one. So I'm going. Uh, to okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think it really did help us experiment with things that we wouldn't have necessarily tried yeah. um, had we not had those limitations. Because yeah. I know initially I wanted to film some some stuff actually in this window. I want it in the morning. It catches um, some lovely light streaming in. And initially that was my... that that whirring that you have at the beginning of the song that I imagine sort of a, you know, in like Vietnam films, they'll have like a fan spinning in a, in an orange room with like dust sort of trickling in through yeah. the, um, th through the outside. Um, that's what I had in mind initially was a sort of like a really slow sort of whirring waking up, um, thing, but we couldn't, we just couldn't do that with the limitations on this one. So, how, how would you um, achieve that kind of shot with this sort of dust, uh, uh, kind of floating in the air? Because I imagine it's not a natural, like, not a natural thing that you can just film. You have to create that with something. Is that right? Sometimes it depends. Um, obviously, like sometimes what camera you're using. Yeah. Um, but generally it's just the angle and finding that angle where whatever particle you're filming is catching the light properly so that it can be picked up by, Okay. but usually if you can see it with your eyes, you'll be able to see it, um, oh, right. on a camera. Cool. So it can just be normal dust or you can, there's very, like flower. We, I did one. Oh yeah. The one that you did the music for, yeah. um, the, the ember oh, no. one. Ember, yeah. Um, we used flour in that one, and that worked quite well. But it yeah. was quite a thick, more like a smoke rather than a right. um, dust. Yes, yeah, so yeah. There's loads of different things. This is a theme that I've, I mean, a theme that I've noticed in your work. Every project that we've worked together on. So the first one was Ember, which was your film that I wrote the score for, mm. uh, a short film, um, and then the two music videos that you've done for my songs. All three mm. of them, I, the the thing that ties them all together as like a, a body of work is your um, visual effects. You know, mm. stuff that you do with um, with water or smoke mm. or dust and stuff like that, or inks. Like, there's a lot of really interesting visual effects. Like, where does that come from? Is that something 
Could you talk it's a bit about of, that? I don't know. I've not I've not really considered that before. I think um I think possibly it's this thing that we're talking about with the limitations. So often without a budget you can't go out and film at loads of different locations over x number of days you can't use so, CGI. yeah not really <laughs> i mean we could try but <laughs> go on, um blender right yeah <laughs> something like that but it would take we're we're doing blender on the short film i just shot yeah uh, or doing some vfx on it and it it's just takes so much time even yeah. for the smallest things um but yeah, I think it. I think some of it is down to those limitations. So having to fill out a full um, three, four minute song uh, without access to a to a big venue or something or um, actors or anything like that. So having to avoid the the narrative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've I've done a couple just with like band members as actors and sort of not using faces, and that that tends to work. But without jumping into that like narrative sphere, you've got to sort of experiment with different visuals. And um, I don't really, I'm not particularly good on After Effects and all of those sorts of things or animation. So I I've just worked out way. I'm, quite handy with my with building things anyway so i've just worked out a few ways to kind of create in camera visual effects i guess um is that something that you've seen being done elsewhere and then drawn ideas from or like you know because like the first one so your your film ember there's the mm, smoke the flower being yeah blown through this this burnt out building which looks like smoke and then in the next one and give me strength you've got basically the entire video shot through a fish tank full of water mm. that creates all of these amazing like bubbling mm. effects and then in the third one there's um you'll have to go go into the details on this one because i i wasn't around for it but obviously like it was on why should i care it was ink effects i i'm not sure how you yeah. layered layered that though still so. yeah that was that was through a bit of um post um oh, visual okay. effects and just sort of layering things and yeah. adjusting opacity on um different layers yeah these amazing um, swirling ink effects over the yeah shot. well that was mainly that was just because i've got a bloody tank so yeah, you've got i had to, to use yeah. the tank it's been sitting yeah. in the garage Sean keeps asking me why I've got a tank in my garage, so I've got to justify it by making music videos with the fish tank. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> no, but it, it's, um, I think I'd seen, so the smoke one in the first one was Tom, the guy I worked with in filming it. Yeah. He, um, he just decided to build this uh, flower cannon and uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> turned up at my house um, to visit and was like, oh, I built this flower cannon. And I was like, well, <laughs> the other day I was walking and I found this like burnt out house um, in the middle of nowhere. It looks absolutely incredible. And we'd just been walking around it and I was like, oh, it would be amazing to film here. And Tom had a couple of cameras. So we just went there and I thought oh, we can actually create the smoke with this flower cannon. Yeah, it does. So it's like, like a sort of happy it looks accident. Like smoke. It looks like yeah. smoke being blown through the building. It looks incredible. Yeah, and I think with the light coming in through the window, you can't, like, it's sort of backlit and it makes it quite mysterious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was sort of a happy accident. That's and I amazing. guess those, those sorts of things, um, 
I did a lot of filming with Tom when we were both starting out and right. we were just constantly doing that sort of thing where we'd just go on a walk and try and experiment with trying to, um, like, heavily influenced by nature, I guess, which is where the flowing, yeah. the water fascination comes with, I guess, and those sorts of movements. And um, So, yeah, I think it came from that early experimentation and then just knowing that I have like I can build things and experiment with things and I've got this big double garage which I can work in um so that just that just means they it's like a good time to sort of try out those sorts of different methods and uh create the effect in camera so it's mostly coming from your own experimenting and stuff or all the happy yeah. of the flower cannon Rather yeah, than, um, didn't happy accidents on, and no, no, on, and we're, on visual no, effects, no, no, just watching things. And I think, yeah. like, um, I think the give, uh, yeah, give me strength. That one, I oh, know it was why should I care? Um, that one was very like, I wanted to create that, uh, Stanley Kubrick, you know, when he when he films, uh, the astronaut going in to land on Jupiter I think it is or Mars I think it's debated and you have that um that rolling landscape of different colors moving underneath him right and when we were starting to move into the sort of space world in that music video I really wanted to use the ink effect to sort of go that sort of direction just the swirling massive color and taking you into a sort of mental landscape um so yeah influence from film and working with limitations and having a big double garage and fish tank <laughs> the, perfect com the perfect combination yeah yeah, yeah. All, all music videos need to have a fish tank. Yeah, I think eventually maybe I'll have to make a music video that doesn't involve a fish tank, but well, who knows? I think I've got a few more in me. I think that's your, that's your calling card. Now. Yeah, maybe I can make a whole film inside a fish tank. Yeah, why not? At least a short film, you know? At <laughs> no, least, no three, four-hour one-shot. <laughs> it's going to be your Once Upon a Time in America. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. Once upon a time in the garage. Once upon a time in the shed. <laughs> I'm going to get Bobby De Niro in, in that fish yeah. tank if it's the last thing I do. Yeah, yeah. Get him to, like, stare at himself in the fish tank and be like, are you looking at me, punk? <laughs> <laughs> it can be his closing calling card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that sounds like a plan. Um, okay. So, so when we've worked together with music videos, I've been, like, just... I don't want to give you very much direction. Mm. I just want you mm. to to go for it. Do you do your own thing, and and mm. you know I've that's always worked out really well. Um, but you have made quite a lot of music videos. Um, how many have you made now? I don't know actually. Probably like ten or something. Ten. Okay. Yeah, that's maybe, a decent. Maybe around decent that. Time. So, like, um, how many? Uh, how many are? Like that, where the, they just say the the musicians who hire you uh, just say, "Go f go for it, do 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 your thing." And how many of them have very specific directions or vague ideas that you have to sort of interpret? Yeah, I mean, it does it does vary. You've always got to interpret what they're asking for, 
yeah it, it, to what is practical and achievable because um like i've worked with a few people who just want like a um a hollywood budget feature film and a few people <laughs> who turn up and literally have no idea what okay. they want yeah. i mean you i always get the impression that you like you've know you know what your limits are of what you want but you're willing to just see what i say and then you'll you'll sort of say oh no i think that's a bit out that's a bit out there or like there, there's always some sort of level of what you have in mind i think even though you leave it open to me yeah whereas I guess so. some people have no idea <laughs> whatsoever they'll <laughs> be like this is the song i don't know what i want yeah okay um I had one guy who was just like, I just like red. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's what I had to work with. Um, and so how did you interpret that? I just like red. <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to get you to perform in front of a big red backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> big red flashing lights. Yeah. Did he, um, was he like, oh yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, like, that, he that, still hasn't is, released it. This is um, so red. <laughs> yeah, he loved it, and it did look really good. So it was a good bit of direction. Was it really? Um, red? Yeah, it was really red, and uh, <laughs> yeah, just it did. I was really happy with it. Actually, he hasn't released yeah. it. I don't know why. I think he's been signed now, so he's probably having to hold off on. Uh, All right, the record the, the A and R guy, the record company is like, man, blue is the new color, man. You can't yeah. release this red yeah, shit no more. Uh, he's changed now he only likes blue yeah that's on tiktok blue is the the color so <laughs> uh, that's that'll be it won't it well shout out mitch mitch sanders mitch he, sanders um, he's good yeah sorry mitch, um if we're <laughs> mocking you and uh, red <laughs> no it was it was a good choice the red was yeah. damn good yeah yeah um and then uh, I've, I've worked with the metal band hollow crown a bit yes and i watched the music video biblical Today. Yeah, biblical. Yeah, that was a really before, good fun. That's your most recent one with them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Tom's it's a great Tom's song. Gen well. Yeah, he's generally got a, a sort of theme that he wants and a really clear idea of the um, mood he wants to go yeah. for. Yeah. Um, and then we just work together, and I basically tell him what's achievable on okay. uh, what the budget is for that one. Are they a Bristol-based um, band? Yeah, Bristol-based. Um, I think they're playing playing a couple of gigs coming up. I think they're playing in London at some point. Cool. Um, but yeah, I've worked with them for a few years, and they've they're really good in terms of all all having an idea of what they want, and really really good um, fun musicians to work with. A lot of energy. So yeah. generally, we sort of go for performance-based ones with them because you've got to you've got to capture that energy. Yeah, nice. Metal musicians tend to be pretty high energy, I've found. Especially, You've got especially to be, on otherwise stage. It's really weird if you're absolutely riffing out, just like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I put my fingers into <laughs> my eyes. It's the only thing. <laughs> yeah. People equal shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not the same, is it? No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Man, I, I had a workout session recently where I listened to the whole of um, Iowa by Slipknot whilst swinging, oh, swinging kettlebells around. And it was yeah. one of the most transcendent transcendent <laughs> experiences I've had for a long time. Was, yeah, it's oh, amazing. I just love walking good. to metal. It's so oh, good. Yeah. I've been listening to Machine Head recently. Oh, right. Okay. Or, um, or today. Slipknot. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, no, they're, they're so good. 
Yeah. I'm just really enjoying the heavy riffs at the moment. So cruising on one of those electric scooters today, listening to Machine Head was quite an experience. Okay, I don't know Machine Head. I'll need to listen. <laughs> yeah, they're good. I think I heard Joey Jordison died recently. Is that right? He did, yeah. That sucks. He did. Really how? sad. Do you know how? No, I don't know. He just died in his sleep. I don't think it's been... Uh, oh, I don't think it's been... he's an amazing drummer. I know. He was really good. Yeah. Um, listen to people e- people equal shit oh, and disaster piece about five disaster times that piece. day. <laughs> yeah, that was when I was about four, thirteen or fourteen. I, I got really into that album. I remember being on mm. a school trip, and I was just in that teenage that teenage mindset. And I was like, "Yeah, people do equal shit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so right, man. <laughs> the prophets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Um, back to music videos yeah so you mm. have um yeah so you've worked with loads of people uh and they give you different different direction yeah, depending a, on a range is. of yeah. uh, different forms of instruction well, I think. what do you like more how do you like to do it i like having i like having at least uh like a sort of thematic prompt or something like that unless okay. unless i I mean, if I listen to the song a couple of times and I start to get an idea, then it's fine. But yeah. generally I do, like, I really enjoy the Hollow Crown stuff where they come with a a theme that I wouldn't necessarily think of and then I have to think of how to make that look good. Um, I do enjoy that, but sometimes I do also enjoy just going with the uh, visual prompts that the song gives me. It just yeah. sort of depends on the song. Yeah, right. Um yeah, I that think also I guess, depending on how a, I'm feeling, I guess. <laughs> yeah, of course. If, if it was a song that was just very like, uh, I don't know, a, a song that is very clearly a thing, you know, mm. then I suppose, yeah, it would be if if they're, what am I trying to say? If, if somebody brought a, a song that was quite like within a genre and the lyrics mm. are quite sort of, you know, they're, about love or something, you know, then uh, th- them being vague about what they wanted might be kind of annoying because you'd be like, look, this yeah. is, is yeah. going to be... It's definitely thing. annoying when you, like, I have had it before where you, they say like, oh, I don't know, I've got no idea. And then you suggest a few things and it becomes quite clear that they do actually have a fairly, like, right. strong idea of what they want. It doesn't happen very often. I... I usually find like musicians I'm working with at this stage in their careers are generally quite, um, quite like open to um, various ideas and are really generally really nice to work with as well. Do you have any Um, um, advice for musicians? Like how to, how to approach filmmakers for music videos or how to conduct themselves with with filmmakers like are there any things that musicians often do that is kind of annoying or like are there some best practices that would be actually i mean i a lot of the time i'd say treat it it depends what level of filmmaker you're approaching is Mm. but um and i mean it helps with me because i've i've been in diy bands and um yeah, you get like both sides, being, right? Yeah, I get that. I get that sort of independent scene thing, and I mean, they're they're like I've worked with Langhammer, a Bristol-based band, um, yes. quite a Ugliest bit recently man in as well. Yeah, Ugliest Man in Bristol, 
and they great video that people should check out as well yeah really good and breakfast records in general they do some really um really good stuff in bristol and they are they're really good to work with because we there's just sort of like will give me a bit of merch every so often or like Mm -hmm. in um invite me to a gig and like get me on guest list and stuff and i do try to pay whenever i can because it's just good to support that local scene yeah um but i think you just don't expect um something for nothing it's the yeah uh, and and generally treat those filmmakers as you'd like to be treated as a musician like you wouldn't like to play a gig for someone's party and just get absolutely nothing back and kicked out at the end of the day. Just, yeah, treat right. others as, as you would like to be treated yourself. Okay. That's the rule generally. Yeah. And, um, yeah, often if you just get on well with people, they're going to they're gonna want to help you out, especially at early stages in your career. Mm. But just be, be nice. Just be nice. Just That's be good nice. advice in general, isn't it? Yeah, just be nice and... Be a, a lot of people a good person to work advice. with and don't be too demanding when you can't afford to be demanding I, guess. I think that's a big one right that's like yeah. if you're if you if you have very little budget or no budget at all you have mm. to be very understanding you've got to compromise and yeah. i know it, like it obviously you want the the best of the best and perfection and all of that but sometimes you just can't do it within no. the within the ultra capitalist of <laughs> swirling pit of destruction within which we are locked yeah (laughs) yeah that's very true that's very true cheers to that (laughs) um you uh so you 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 talked about your job earlier on would you be interested in talking about your job that you've just yeah i can talk about that because that kind of uh just sounds really cool what are you doing for the bbc um, so we're, it's the second season of, uh, uh, my unique B and B, which you can catch on iPlayer. Okay. It's a good, wholesome viewing. Yeah. Um, and it's just, we go, we go around to these, uh, so say someone's got a, a sizable tree house in the back of their garden. We'll go along and they'll discuss how they want to turn that into a B and B. And then we'll send a team of people in and help them to give them some design ideas and work with them. Oh, and, cool! Um, build a build a unique B and B for them. It's like Grand Designs, um, but for a B and B. Yeah, kind of. It's like Grand Designs mixed with George Clark's Amazing Spaces, I guess. Okay. That sort of thing. That sounds. Fun. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been working in a in a kit room for a production company for a while. Yeah. Um, and it just sort of. Um, learning about all the different cameras uh, that are used for film and TV and sort of helping, helping people use them and repairing them. And um, I just wanted to get out and do something a bit more uh, creative professionally. Um, and cause I chose to move to Bristol, there isn't as much of a sort of um, music video promotional um, scene as there is in London. Okay. So I've had to sort of make that move into TV where there is a big industry at the moment and yes. sort of try and chip away at the, um, I say, I, 
to say more creative would be a would probably be wrong, but differently creative uh, area of uh, music videos and possibly some documentaries. I'm really interested in doing some some work on a few docs. Um, yeah. Like yeah, what, for the great. BBC or just well, ju- just anyone general. really. I think yeah. the format of documentary I'd really enjoy. Um, yeah. And coming from an academic background, I always sort of find myself trying to make films with a bit of a message or yeah. um, that have at least some sort of significance. Um, so I think there, there are loads of things that would be interesting to make docu documentaries about so yeah i think you could do some um, some good work in that field yeah i think it'd be fun like music yeah. documentaries maybe or just like yeah. sort of social political ones would be yeah. interesting as well but you got to have the idea first so yeah so so your your um your kind of uh the way your life is structured or your work is structured is quite similar to a lot of independent musicians i mean so far really? uh, on this podcast i've had you know, um, two independent musicians on. I've had mm. Midori Yeager and Alex. Uh, she's a singer and songwriter and cellist and composer. And I've had a guy called Alex Hitchcock, who is an mm. amazing saxophone player and composer. And they are independent uh, musicians, you know, but they're very successful in their, on, on like the London scene and around the country and stuff like that but also you know like I'm, I, you know myself as well it's the same for almost everyone I know even mm. though we're doing our artistic thing like there's also other things you have to do like as a musician it's yeah f- freelance uh, gigs or teaching or there's always something mm. on the side mm. and uh, it seems like for film for most filmmakers as well maybe that is also the same thing apart from the people who are at the very top you know like Francis yeah. Coppola or somebody like that you know yeah like, yeah yeah their artistic projects, which doesn't bring in all that much revenue, and then the job, which is hopefully complementary, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've even met um, I've met producers and editors who will be working in TV and um, editing something like a, a natural history, um, big blue chip Attenborough thing, but yeah. also trying to make a short film or. Yeah. Uh, producing a music video for a friend and still all the while trying to work at that but yeah unfortunately it is it is difficult to um build a sustainable career just on the sort of artistic stuff mm-hmm. um but it's interesting to hear that that happens with you talented musicians as well that you're also having to i guess that's the freelance world isn't it you're hoping yeah. you can you do have the freedom to take on what, whatever you enjoy or whatever earns you a bit of money. And sometimes you've got to compromise one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, I guess with music, it's like, it's, you know, so for me as an example, I'm my sort of job this week is playing, uh, six nights, no, five nights this week, uh, playing jazz in a very popular, uh, like central London restaurant. It's this huge restaurant mm. that has like books of jazz band and has them play there for the whole week. And, you know, it's playing music that I really love playing. I really adore. And I guess it's, mm. it's like, it's not my original music. It's not my like, um, it's the stuff that I've written, but it is still playing a style of music that I've worked really hard to do. So it's still, mm. it's still an artistic outlet, you know, so that's kind of nice. It's like, your you know, my sort of job is still, doing the thing that I want to be doing. It's just like, you know, 
it's it's like playing a different style of music. I mean, mm. Although I, I'd be happy to just do that a lot as well, you know. So yeah, which I guess I do. So I don't know. It's 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 a funny one that because it's it's like it is doing what what I want to be doing, but it's just you know. Yeah, that, I I think that's the same with me. Is like I'm yeah. I'm still doing what I want to be doing in terms yeah. of working with people and telling stories and filming things and flying drones. And that is what I, I do really enjoy doing that. It's just at the moment, it's not necessarily in the medium that I'm most interested in. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm still, yeah, it's still sort of in the same vein. And hopefully all of that work. I mean, I find most of the time all of that work informs and feeds into my yeah, artistic. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. And I, th I like it, going back to the, the experimentation in the music video, stuff you you just i've been working in a company that mainly produces natural history and that definitely has an influence on the sort of like water experimentation and um those right. sort of techniques because that's what you're exposed to on a daily basis so there's there's things you can take from all of the different mediums mm. so so you um you mentioned that you'd be interested in getting into documentary stuff. Like, what kind of lies ahead for you now? Have you got any any other projects that you're working on, long term or short term? Do you see yourself wanting to get more into trying to do like feature stuff? I know you've written some things, and and you've you've mm. got a short film, a couple of short films up on your YouTube yeah. as well, Asheron and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, those I, were done a while ago. Yeah. Um, well, how do you see your your career progressing now like as you so like i've it just to go. yeah i've just done another short film cool. um what's that called uh that one is called the red lamb okay. um it's in is it by the guy who loves red did he <laughs> yeah yeah it is actually <laughs> who incidentally wrote red dragon <laughs> did he um oh. no he did. um uh yeah so i'm uh i've just worked i've just shot that one um okay. so that's being edited and post-produced at the moment nice did, um, you write, did you write the script for that or no i didn't um i read it I read, the, read script. the script good yeah so which i guess is like these days is a sort of executive producer credit as well yes because <laughs> i read the script um but you no, uh, directed. yeah so that <laughs> that one's coming out and then, uh, I don't know when, but uh, probably early next year. Um, then I've, I'm on this, I've basically just gone freelance. So the whole, the whole world of freelance is being opened up to me so I can okay. hopefully have a bit more, um, freedom to choose which direction I want to go, but I also need to just get enough work. So yeah basically anyone anything that comes up that i think would suit me and skill my uh, suit my skill set um which is cameras and working with people and a bit of writing and researching um bit of editing so any anything that will sort of fit in with that i'm gonna and try and go for and just expand all of those experiences right yeah and I mean, anybody listening to this who's looking for a filmmaker, especially musicians looking for music videos, they should check out your stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, get uh, in Which, touch. of course, I will link to because Nick is an absolute pleasure to work with, and he has some amazing ideas. And oh, thank you. You know, you'll see on if you if you go and have a look at the music videos he made for me, um, "Give Me Strength" and "Why Should I Care." There's some 
incredible like individual stuff in there you know mm. so I think yeah and i think the really the thing cool. i really enjoy doing is just working to any budget and mm. um just making that work you can okay. do anything <laughs> that's from a good one to throw in there <laughs> yeah rather yeah, than so saying <laughs> yeah just so people know my my minimum budget is seven grand <laughs> yeah yeah it's gone up recently <laughs> over the past month yeah um but yeah that's good as long as yeah. it, like i can i can i really enjoy doing that actually is okay. um yeah. is just working to as i say whatever budget and um that's the thing with with independent musicians is you've mm. like no one's got any bloody money so no but um it's a it's a mutually enjoyable thing and it like as long as long as i can keep ticking along i really enjoy that sort of stuff yeah just to just to finish off, like I was wondering, like we, you and I have known each other for a really, really long time. You know, we went to school together. Um, yeah, how long is, is it? Uh, we met when I went back to to, to sixth form. At, at, so it'd be like at fifteen, Bali, so. thirteen, yeah. thirteen years. Thirteen years, yeah. And obviously, mm. I knew you. Uh, you're in the year below me, and. You know, we were all friends, and uh, you mm. and your band get educated. Oh yeah, you play. I'd say check right? them out, but I don't think any of that stuff's available anywhere now. No, is <laughs> which it is not? a shame. No, I don't you, think so. You have it. You have some though, don't you? I don't know who's got the master tracks, but I need to find those. I've got a lot of like filmed footage, which is quite enjoyable. Did you um, guys record that at TCR? Uh, yeah, but Andy it was before Eden. their. Yeah, but it was before their big. Before um, the big hub. Before the big hub, yeah, it was in a little a little cupboard somewhere in yeah, that's where uh, I recorded Anna my Castle. stuff as well. So, yeah, so yeah, TCR yeah. in our town, we're both from like the northeast of England, North Yorkshire slash County Durham. It's kind of like in that little border area, and there's this uh, there's this in in the town Barnet Castle now famous because of uh, Dominic Cummings going to uh, Barnet yeah. Castle and breaking his. Um, breaking his what it was like the the travel rule during covid restrictions right so has that become like a tourist attraction now apparently according, people, to, my, according to my grandma more people actually go up to see the place yeah. where dominic cummings was spotted taking a leak or whatever it was good old dom put it on the map <laughs> so yeah people are now like barnard castle is what that's a town not a castle that seems to be the extent of it but yeah no yeah yeah that's always the thing yeah yeah my grandma says it's busier so you know grandma wouldn't like it me, must so. be because of cummings yeah national um, the town's hero yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have that barnard castle's gonna have a dominic cummings day from, uh, yeah. from now they on every year it. they owe him <laughs> yeah you know like how when it's like the queen's like golden jubilee everybody puts up pictures of the queen all over town and there's bunting <laughs> we should do that in barnard castle for dominic oh Cummings. god i can't imagine yeah. much worse actually dom day oh dom day <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah barnard castle um so yeah tcr was this amazing um community uh project that was essentially just providing subsidized um, music education and a space for 
the kids in the local area to record and rehearse. Yeah, yeah, it was such a good team of people. They did yeah. some amazing work. In fact, I'd love to talk to Keith and Andy on this podcast. You know, that, that would, would be, be really a cool. really good idea. It'd be I, lovely to um, talk to. Andy oh, Andy, again. a lot in terms of like music education. He was As just like yeah. really, really um supportive guy and always had time for anyone who walked in through those doors which he was, was incredible mad. andy eden did so much for the like the the youth of our area from like music education yeah which bloody needed it in that area yeah. Yeah, there is did. just there is just nothing in terms of bit, bit education that isn't just like playing the violin or I mean, no disrespect to violins, but <laughs> but yeah. from my from my experience, I played like when I was younger. I played um, French horn and a bit of piano and violin, mm -hmm. but only to sort of grade two, grade three, and then I'd get bored of it because yeah. the music I loved wasn't played on violins. Right. Um, same, same for me, man. Yeah. I mean, now I like yeah. you grow into it. Um, yeah, sure. But at the time, I just wanted to, like, I was listening to Papa Roach and Limp Bizkit. And I didn't want to play violin. No. And to have someone like someone like Andy, who was able to just sort of, like, help you along and give you a few tips and let you hear what you sound like. And, yeah, it was just really, really great. Yeah, he was incredible. So watch this space. Maybe we'll get him on. Maybe we'll get him on. But, but what I wanted to ask you was, have you... Had you always wanted to be a filmmaker? Because that's not something I knew about you mm. at school. Um, so yeah. I was just wondering if that's always what you wanted to do. So it was um, like looking back when I when I made that decision to go down the go down the film and TV route. I did look back, and it was always something like it was something that I was doing sort of unknowingly from the age of like eight, where I'd be like my dad was always filming um home home videos and stuff like that and i was always i always loved wow. like picking up a camcorder and filming bits and bobs um and then i w when i i made a couple of friends when i was like between the age of 8 and 13 and i'd always go to his house and we made like little um sort of skit shows again on a little camcorder and then I'd go home and he'd edit them and then he'd bring them to school um, when we when we started in the autumn. Um, and so we like from a from a fairly young age, I was always filming things. And then when when I was in Get Educated, I made a sort of little mockumentary thing and would always you? be filming our practices and all of that. So. I think I always had that sort of propensity and really liked photography. I was always taking pictures and had got a couple of like lamography cameras, but I never really like thought of it as a, as an option for a career, I guess. And then when I properly made the breakaway from uh, practical money-making by studying philosophy at university, <laughs> Um, that was when I was like, oh, you don't actually just have to make choices based on what career is going to make you the most money. Well, yeah, that um, was something that our school was a bit, a bit. Uh, yeah, a I bit, think, yeah, definitely. You know, they, they, were very, um, they were very career focused when it came to choosing your subjects. Yeah, I had to, I had to lie about, uh, about wanting to study physics 
in order to keep my teachers happy because I wanted to do mm. music and I knew I wanted mm. to do music and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take a gap year and do maths and then I'm yeah, music. yeah, and then yeah, I, and you I can see it. that in my in my choices for my A level as well. Yeah, it right. was like it was what was it English and English language and then philosophy yeah. and then physics and maths, both of which I absolutely hated. Yeah, and it was because I was like. Um, my gra- my grandpa <laughs> it would always say like oh, you should try and be an engineer okay. and I would really I was really like drawn by that idea of like building things and mm. um, creating things and like helping people through like good design mm. but I was awful at drawing and your filmmaking maths. approach your your filmmaking approach is a little bit like that like oh yeah i guess about, so you know, you're, yeah in a you're way problem solving and you're building these these uh yeah yeah these things with like the fish tanks to make all the stuff work yeah you know, that's still like finding a, a way to do solving it uh, nice mindset, you know <laughs> so it's that yeah. sort of thing which was yeah. great but then i just did not have the math skills and yeah. or or drawing and all of that I was just terrible at so um yeah, I think it was just like eventually making that break to, oh, this is actually something that I've always really enjoyed doing and I enjoyed the philosophy side and mm-hmm. thought that was a really good way to tell stories and um, investigate things as well, hence the documentary yeah. aspect. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. You know, that's something I sort of have been thinking about a lot since recording this, starting to record this podcast is when I was mm-hmm. a little kid, my favourite pastime was... Uh, speaking into a little handheld recorder and like, making little radio shows with my mm. friends and doing silly voices. And yeah, nice. And like, yeah, I was uh, doing that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, so it just, you know, those, those sorts of things that kids do and they just like, that are quite creative mm. and that they just seem really drawn to, you know, if you're paying mm. attention as a parent, you know, you should pick up on that stuff and nurture it. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because it's, it's like, uh, you know, you and I are good examples of, of that sort of thing. I mean, obviously, like for me, yeah. I'm a musician primarily, and obviously the other thing I was doing a lot was playing the piano. So, like, you know, that was nurtured for me, which was, yeah. which was great. Um, yeah. But, um, like, it's important to pay attention because, you know. But I think also shows. generally as a society is, like, we need we need a system that will sort of, allow, if, a, if a parent does notice that sort of thing, they need to know where to send their kid and, yes. it, like, Get them. Like we the, had TCR for the music, right? That was yeah, such a, I mean, an amazing thing. Yeah, on lucky. on the one hand, they're going to want to do it for like the development of their kid, but also yeah. parents are going to be thinking like, what's going to get them a good job in the future? Yeah, yeah. And to have a sort of system and infrastructure where the like creative jobs do actually earn you money as well. That's right. the only way it'll ever yes. happen. I think absolutely. Um, it, it needs to be paid. Paid like as you know it needs to be uh they artists should be paid like what they deserve like for the amount yeah. of time time and they put in yeah to yeah to and do skill and because because that's yeah. a lot that's a lot of it as well as yeah. like you're always sort of undervalued in in your skill and how much effort yeah. it goes it goes into actually learning your craft there's yeah. always that like well, surely fifty quid still, right? Though, like, <laughs> um, fifty quid. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. It's just uh, providing a society that does actually yeah. sort of value artistic jobs and 
and the other thing, like education being affordable, you know, one of the things, one of the things about TCR was that it was subsidised. I don't know where that funding yeah. came from. I think yeah. it must have been from like Teesdale County Council. Yeah, it was. It was a, um, it was a it's government amazing. funded project. It's amazing yeah. that they were doing that because that's, I think that's quite rare. So there yeah. was like, I remember like doing, uh, doing guitar lessons and they cost mm. like five quid or something, you know. Well, yeah, like, like our recording sessions were subsidised. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I I've just, never, yeah, it's I'm, actually, amazing. I'm sure it's happening in other places, but I don't think it's happening in many places. I've never heard of that. Yeah, and I imagine yeah. it's happening decreasingly as well. Yeah, exactly. From, I, I, it'd, it'd be interesting to, now. you really should catch up with them and just see what yeah. the state of, what's yeah. their funding situation well, like I think now. They've both, been... I think they've both moved on from it now. But, uh, um, have they? But I will talk to them, you know, I will, I will, I will talk to them about it. And I, I mm. think, I think now the person who might be, doing the music last time i heard was pete bowsfield um did you ever come across pete yeah he guitar was a player. he was a really good guitarist yeah yeah, yeah really good guitarist so oh uh, nice yeah anyway I'll, I'll look into that but um mm. interesting man nick thank you i think we've covered a load of good stuff and uh yeah good chat thank you so much for coming on if oh, you want to people, really people should go and look up look up your work the best place to go is your youtube channel right yeah, yeah, I've set so that up with. Type in, like, type in stuff. Nick Gavin. Yeah, that's with N I C K G A V E N uh, into YouTube, and you're the first person that pops up, which is good. And yeah, I see all your work. It's and good to have a unique name. Yeah, if you want to work with Nick, just what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, just send, pop me an email. Email. Or, What's your email? Um, Should, do you want to give out your email address, or you know, maybe they could follow you on Instagram and message you through there. You yeah, know? that's a good one as well. Yeah, or Nick on Gavin. YouTube. I believe you can message on YouTube. Can you? Can you? Yeah. I don't know. Nick Gavin films things is you your. Put a comment on your music video, video. and I'll, <laughs> I'll find you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Not... No, Instagram's a really good one. Um, yeah, I'm always on there. That's probably the best Nick way. Gavin right? films things on Instagram, yeah. and I'll put all the links to that in the uh, the description. Yeah, you know. man. So, thank um, you. Yeah, thank you.